Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous, and the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 429 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. Uh, I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Sapphire, otherwise known as Colin Ford. I'm the Chief Archivist at Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our Banksy stunt driver, that's Commander Alec Turner. Good evening, lovers everywhere. We also have our Staff Liaison Officer, Commander Psykit. Hi. I love this game. And we also have our head in health and safety, Commander Ed Levice. Enough of the love and who's got the whips and chains? You know, I was worried about going using Ben last, but um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, you can use <laughs> me first, last, wherever you want, Colin. I love you too. Oh dear. If you wish, you can join us live, or you can join Ben and, and the Chris Mark 4 live as they are hanging out in game in open uh, near Lave Station, and goodness knows what they're up to, so we'll just leave them to it. But if you can't get it to us in-game, you can always join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat, or go to twitch.tv slash laveradio, or look at Lave Radio over YouTube, look at uh, yeah, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we do have drops available for people on on Twitch, though, that that's a new thing, isn't it? Yeah, now we've managed to get it working. Now that we've got it working, yes. Thank thanks to to Ben and and Psychip and and everybody else behind the scenes because I've got no clue. Uh, and uh, basically, yes. Psychip told me what buttons to press and then said I was an idiot. That's that's pretty much how mine and Ben's relationship constantly is. So there's no changes there. <laughs> We're all good. So you push Why ben do I have this kind of relationship? No, right no, now. I just I just made Ben Ben push <laughs> some buttons and then told him he was shit at it, which I think is about right. But I was pressing the wrong fucking buttons. So, because you can't follow simple instructions, my apology. You you said go to the drops thing. I went to the same drops thing. I, I literally gave you the directions of exactly where to go. And you I just believe. went, I'm just going to ignore it. 
and leave radio marriage counselling will be available <laughs> later on. As, as I say to my business analysts at work, give me pretty pictures. <laughs> and that's true. Right, let's have a quick run around the team, see how they've been this week. Let's start with Alec. What have I been doing? Oh, this week I've been battling with um, Facebook Marketplace scammers, which has been highly entertaining. Um, oh, yeah, had had a lot of these. So I had an awful been chucking stuff on Facebook Marketplace, and I get a lot of inquiries that say, um, "Is this still available?" Question mark. And then you mm-hmm. get back to them, and you go, "Yes, it is still available. Are you interested?" And nothing. You get no response. Had loads of those. Always just discounted it. Um, and then I had this guy, and he did that, and I got back, and he said, "Yes, very interested. I'd like to come around tomorrow and collect it. Jolly good." Mm-hmm. And then he says, "Ah, oh, damn! It turns out I got a work thing. I'll send a, a DPD guy around to collect it instead." Right. Uh, and I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. Um, DPD guy will have a envelope with the cash in it, and I'm starting to think, yeah, it sounds a bit dodgy, but whatever, I carry on. Uh, he'll have an envelope with the cash in it. Oh, and there'll be, um, you'll have to pay an insurance thing to cover that, to, to cover the, the cash. cash. Yeah. Uh, and I'll pay you back later. So I get back to him and say, I'm not paying anybody anything. If you want it, come and, you know, take it away and give me money. But anything you know and he and he sort of sticks with it a bit and goes on a bit and then eventually i sort of um i did a bit of quick bit of googling and found that this is a very common scam and then just immediately got back to the guy and said sent him the link to the description of the scam he was trying to pull on me and just sort of said i think we'll leave it there don't you mate bye and then i've had loads of them since i don't know why but this particular item is just attracting the scammers how much, if you don't mind me asking, just so we have like a, an interest, I have an interesting idea. How much yeah. money is it they're trying to get you to pay them? I don't know because I never took it that far. I don't. Oh, quite know, okay. I don't quite know at what point I get to pay. Yeah, I don't. Quite, I, I'm guessing they ask for your bank details at some point. I'm guessing they weave this story and then they go, "Oh, I need your bank details to send you the the compensation, something like that." I don't know. I mean, the item that i was selling was 70 quid so the guy want is clearly expected to get a hell of a lot more than 70 quid out of me mm, interesting don't know how it works but um yeah watch it out there so it's a it's a filthy place <laughs> and yeah. otherwise in game i have been regulating power like there's no tomorrow i've been doing power restore missions um, You're a registered Corgi engineer now, aren't you? I am. I've got the hang of it. I had an absolute bloody nightmare with it to start with, and I had a massive rant prepared for this show, but I've got over it since. But basically, if anyone's done any of these, there's a there's a particular layout of base where the power building, they forgot to install any doors. So the only way to get to the power building is to go through the lab, uh, yep. Up the stairs, over the top of the warehouse, down some more stairs, round a corridor, through the habitat. Up, it, it's ludicrous. The most ludicrous base design. Um, and when so I it's attempt- an agricultural, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time I attempted this, what happened? I went. It was like my first. It was the first time I actually found a base that was actually powered down. And I thought, here we go. Finally, going to get to restore power. So. I'm pretty novice at this, and I didn't know what I was doing half the time. So basically, I kept running out of 
my own power because there were so many damn doors that I had to open. So I kept having to go back to my SRV and get more power and then find where I was and press on. Um, and all the time there's there's AX pilots flying around and there's comms about oh, regular routine patrol, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking that's interesting, but um, maybe they'll maybe they'll help. I don't know. Uh, so I finally power the stupid thing on and then work my way all the way back. And I step outside the building and there's a guard that says, hold it right there, and then shoots me and my SRV and blows us both up, the bastard. So what, and can... Just a, a guard? You just power it up? Well, and also... well, I mean, reading around on the subject, clearly they were probably scavs. But the trouble is all the comms that's in your comms panel is all from AX pilots going, it's, you know, routine. Ah, right. So you sort of, when you get outside and there's people walking around, until you've done this once, you sort of naively assume they're the people whose base you've just powered up again. So you sort of wave and go, hello. And then they shoot you and it's all a bit of a surprise. You think, why are you shooting me? I've just powered your base up. Yeah, um, I must admit, I think I got surprised by the scavengers once because I felt the same the same yeah. uh, thing. But uh, I've got the hang yeah. of it now. It's kind of routine, and it's um, it's not a bad little game loop actually. Yeah, yeah. The, the power restoration. Ah, good grief! What is wrong with me this morning? Uh, evening, even um, the power restoration uh, missions are certainly one of the most popular that they've that they've got in Odyssey. So, okay, let's move on to Ben. Oh, what have I been up to? It's been it's been actually quite quiet for me. Um, I've mostly been playing Horizon Zero Dawn, I guess. Because um, you know, I, I went through the Spider-Man phase, I finished that, and mm. I've just started Horizon Zero Dawn. And my God, that game gets hard fast. Does so it? I don't. I I don't. I don't know. I I don't know if I'm doing something wrong here. And anyone who's actually played Horizon Zero Dawn can maybe answer this. Yeah, I got through the first bit and I was like all happily running around in my valley and I was mm. like kill, killing the robots. That was all fine. And then I jumped over, went through this day gate thing to somewhere else. And yeah. all of a sudden, my arrows, instead of like taking off maybe a third of the animal's health, take off maybe a hundredth of the animal's health. And I think, you know, I, I'm shooting it in the little yellow bits and they're going pop, pop, pop. And it's still not hurting the bastard. Oh. And I'm like, what Sorry the hell? You know, I, 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 Psychic can probably say, Ben, you're an idiot. You meant to have done this first. Ben, you're an idiot, but I don't know what you were supposed to have done. I don't know what I was supposed to have done either. I just I've like, never, I've never, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that game. I've never played it. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I don't understand why I've suddenly gone from being able to quite happily kill things to, oh my god, even the stride, even the, the the improved version of the things with the eye beams are kicking my arse. And, you know, I, I can see, I can I can get new weapons and I can put them in, I can put epic level damage stuff in them. And I have found out if I basically, I chain up a whole load of fire arrows together, it will actually hurt things. But it feels like I'm doing something wrong and I don't know what the hell it is at the moment. But apart from that, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I love. I'm loving exploring the ruins and things like that. After playing Spider-Man, I wish there were better dodge mechanics because my god, Spider-Man's dodge and movement mechanics is glorious. Um, other things I've been doing. Really enjoy play doing the AX stuff with yourself, Colin. Last night in VR, um, mm-hmm. 
I think it's probably one of the first times that I've almost felt a bit gippy as well, because uh, we we were in the night side of a planet and we had we had to have night vision on. Yep. And it was a 1.4 G world, so yeah, it felt like that... we were fighting in soup. To be yeah. honest. <laughs> Um, and the, the the amount of times you and the legendary Al said, "Oh, here comes the ground." Wonder if it will be friends with me was <laughs> quite a lot. The, the ground was very very friendly last night. Especially yeah. after the what was the gravity that you were fighting on? One point four. 1. 4. 1. 5, oh, they're the worst. Yeah, yeah. it was it, it was like it was like flying through soup, and then on top of that, um, you just thought you got the hang handle of it, and then all of a sudden you went boing off the bottom off the ground, <laughs> and yeah, oh, I think and I lost two crates to that. Um, just after you had to run for the night, mm -hmm. um, you know, we were facing off the, against those two hydras. Oh yes, so we're, we're facing off against these two hydras just at the end of the thing. I landed to rearm repair, mm. and when I came out, I was in a completely different version of the universe. Oh, no, no hydras there. Um, our other teammate wasn't there, and it was full of scouts. Right. Okay. And I couldn't rejoin. Uh, I couldn't rejoin Ralph's instance. That was that was interesting. Oh, that that was a bizarre one because normally yeah. the 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 instance... normally once you're in, you're in. Yeah. Mind you, there were a lot, of, an awful lot of other players there last night. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. Well, it was it was quite quite a busy instance. Yeah, it was a lot, it was a lot of fun. It was just I was like, okay, that's weird. So when that happened, I was like, you know what? I think I might call it a night too. <laughs> yeah, normally that does have a, a an effect. Yeah. Well, I wanted to stay on and try to kill those hydras, but uh, you know, after like, oh, we're back to killing scouts again. I, mm. like, yeah. I think I'll fly off somewhere and go to bed instead. <laughs> Yeah, I must admit the um, uh, the the instance resets after after a while if you, if no damage is done to the hydras, I think. But um, it might have been that no, because no, because Ralph still had his hydras. Ralph was like, he? Ben, where the hell are you? And I'm like, I've taken <laughs> off, and it's full of scouts. <laughs> ah, well, um, I think the best way to get around that is to jump out and then jump back in again and see whether or not you resync. Tried didn't. Oh, didn't. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, in that case, I've got. I've uh, got. No I, even tried, I even tried being Navlock to him. Mm. Oh, was that what the whole problem with Navlocking was? Right. Well, I tried. I tried Navlocking onto him to see if I could use that to get me in. Mm. Um, and then he had to land anyway. And then when he took off, he was also out. So that's when we all decided, "Fuck it." But yeah, there are limits. Aren't there? <laughs> there are we, limits. We had fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we will roll over to uh, Psychit. Hi. Um, I'm not. Uh, I've been mostly doing a lot of prep for a lot of different things that I'm working on. So um, we went out. We went out into Cardiff on Saturday because I've had it in my head for a really. This is completely like not relevant to um Elite Dangerous, and it's going to make me sound incredibly old. But I've had it in my head for a really long time that I'm not a big fan of wearing my wedding ring and my engagement ring for no reason other than the fact that I get very very worked up with how expensive they are, 
And um, like, not, and this isn't intentionally a humble brag, but I get worked up with how expensive they are. And I am a klutz and I will knock something and then I'll look down and there'll be a stone missing. And that is paranoia that is of my own um, making. So I don't wear my rings very often, but I would like to have a ring on that hand. And I've had my heart set on getting a cladder ring for quite some time. And I was like, well, we can, we'll go into some of the shops in, um, in Cardiff and see if they have any. The first one we went into, the bless the girl that I spoke to, everyone was really lovely with the exception of one shop, but bless the girl that we spoke to. I said, have you got a color ring in stock? And she went, you're going to have to explain what that looks like. And I've never felt older in the history of age of all time. <laughs> I was like, I was like, how do you not know what a claddering is? For those of people who don't know um, what a claddering is, it's um, a uh, like a um, Irish um, Celtic heart, Celtic ring, but it's a heart with hands holding it and then a crown on the top of the heart. Um, and they're beautiful and they're, they're kind of old fashioned, but I really, really like them. And I've had my heart set on one for a while. Needless to say, we didn't buy one. And one was supposed to arrive today that we ordered. And because Royal Mail are Royal Mail, they haven't they haven't done it hasn't arrived, and I'm very upset about it. But it's fine; I can be patient. But that was that was my um, my weekend was doing that, um, and then doing a lot of um, preparations for uh, charity streams and all of those kind of things uh, um, that are coming up, and getting ready and excited for those. Um, what else has happened this week? Um, I was invited to join the Ubisoft Partner Program, which was really, really cool. So, oh, nice! I'm really excited about it. I I applied on the off chance, and they sent me they sent me an email, and I was super, I was super, super excited. But uh, yeah, aside aside from that, I've been playing Elite. I've been being stealthy in Hitman, um, which is still a lot of fun. Um, and uh, doing a little bit of stealth in cyberpunk as well, and then getting really, really pissed off with a point where it did it did an auto save, but the auto save every time I loaded back into it, I would instantly die. So that was problematic as well. Lovely, lovely. Well, well, fingers crossed for the ring. No pun intended, but um... hey, I'm sure I'm sure it will turn up in the next couple of days because Royal Mail is what it is. Everything is um, tragically understaffed at the moment and um, delayed, and all of those things. Can't think why, um, but we'll we'll get it. We'll we'll get it. It's fine, and it will be beautiful, and I'll be really happy about it. Excellent. Um, right. Uh, let's see, just quickly what I've done. Uh, obviously, over the weekend, I I was testing out a couple of things with the T10, and anybody who watched the stream saw how well that went. I'm now 40 or 50 million in debt due to T10 losses. <laughs> no, dear. And then, of course, last night, there was me, the legendary Ralph and Ben. We were all trying to save this uh, one particular port and well we we did manage one uh conflict zone but that that was about it i think we were doing we were doing okay it's just you know things happened put it this way we got a phenomenal amount of reward for for winning that cz but then i worked it out was i was just breaking even i'm not talking about making profit i'm just saying we we, we helped out oh yeah we helped out we probably got one chevron <laughs> <laughs> Help towards none. one chevron, but um, it felt oh god, yes, it was it was like fighting in treacle, 
flying in treacle rather. So yeah, that was that was fun, and uh, yeah, just oh, and I've, I'm still stuck in Final Fantasy VII. It's just one of these things that just stuck. I'm, oh, I've got to get back to it and get it done. It really is doing my head in, but uh, yeah, that's that's been my uh, wonderful week. So, um, right, before we actually continue with the show, uh, before we hit the development news, we actually have an announcement to make uh, that uh, we did notice in the, the streams, and we've been asked a couple of times uh, on Twitter uh, about LaveCon this year. There, We're going to have to say that there is no LaveCon this year. Uh, we... Um, those of you who know, Alan last year announced at the end of LaveCon that they weren't organising one this year. Uh, and, well, let's just say we're as, we're not going to be able to organise one ourselves. Uh, and uh, I'm afraid to say that I mean, other people might do stuff, but we don't have anything happening at the usual place in July this year. So um, we'll have to... Uh, We'll have to take a rain check. If something happens, say 2024, then we'll let you know. But until then, I'm afraid um, no life gone. So after that bit of a downer, let's move on to the development news and what else has been happening this week. Well, well, first up, and it always seems to happen this way, is on a Wednesday, they seem to announce something that would have been really helpful to know about the, the day before. Um, and in this case, they've gone and made changes to the progress in the Thargoid invasion. Those progress bars that get reset, they've they've got rid of them now. They've, they've got a new, uh, new way of calculating things. So uh, instead of the progress bar being reset every week, which is normally to simulate Thargoid reinforcements, the progress bar will get knocked, by, knocked back by 33%. Now, the effects are slightly different depending on the state of the system. Um, alert systems are not affected because, effectively, that only happens over a week. We have uh, the invasion state. Well, this this is quite interesting because you normally have a time limit for that system depending on how many systems, uh, how many stations and how many ports are there. So let's say, for example, a, th a system that would take three weeks to, uh, to for the Thargoids to conquer, um, that means you'd get three chances to get 100%. What happens this time is that whatever progress you've made, they'll knock 33% off it if you haven't got it to 100%. So let's say you get it at 50%, next week it'll be knocked down to 15%, or no, 17% rather, uh, and and so forth. So if it was a three-week system, um, first week you get knocked back to 67, then you, if you've got 50% again, you get knocked back to 34, and that means you need 66% to stop the invasion from happening on the last week. Um so obviously only doing 50% a week isn't going to actually save the system. So, yeah, that's that's quite uh, that's what the new system's been. They put it in last Thursday, and so far it does seem to be working. Uh, Alec? Yeah, I was just going to say that... Um... Listening to listening to back to that description, it, it sort of sounds complicated. I mean, it, it's it's not really. It's just they they knock off a 
third of whatever the total. It's a bit odd because it's not a third of what you've achieved. No, which I think a few people thought it's a third of whatever the total is. Yes, system. They just they just take that off, which is great. So basically, no reset every week. It now goes back to a what you did one week counts towards the next if you don't get a hundred. Which well, is, you can you kind of get a partial success, don't you? Yeah, you it, get it a boost up yeah. the next week. Just just that simple fact of the effort not being thrown away and whatever you did will count as long as you did you know enough to the other the, what i wanted to say actually it's sort of like labeled for later in the show but um i'll just shout it out now i'd spotted this really neat flow diagram which mm. kind of includes this and just really sort of neatly explains you know if you're in this state you either do this in which case it's a yes or you do this and it's a no and it tells you how it goes around and what state it goes to next and it's it's a very neat way of visualizing all this so um i dare say that'll be in the show notes okay uh yeah we'll, we'll show that later yeah um now because that's that's for an invasion um state so effectively invasions you're up against a time limit but the controlled systems there's no time limit as long as you keep over 33 percent every week there'll still be some form of progress again you know for saving that system so again it, it might take a while, a few weeks, where you only make a couple of percentage points, even though you get to like 36% all the way through. That means it goes down to about 2 or 3%. So, yeah, it's, it no longer has the hard reset. So let, let's have a go around the, the crew for this. Um, Alec, I mean, I think you've already said, but this is... Yeah, I have really. Sorry, I jumped yeah. in. Yeah, it's a great change, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's just what everybody wanted. Please don't throw all our progress away. Uh, uh, and they fixed it. Good job. Ben? I almost want to be a contrary twat, but I can't because I actually agree with it. <laughs> you know, come. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I yeah. don't... <laughs> Let's go. Are we going to have unanimous here? Psychic. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if anyone was like, actually, no, this is a terrible <laughs> oh, idea. What we really want it to do is reset every week so that any progress or any efforts that we've made will not come to fruition for the following week. Um, it's a bit like <laughs> if I did that, I would be the same as those people going, actually, the um, uh, energy uh, that you, you deserve to have the hard engineering grind that I had. It's... <laughs> No, I'm fine with it. It's a great idea. Well done. Well done, Frontier, for implementing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there was some complaints about the fact that why is it 33%? Why can't it just continue over? Um, I actually like the idea that every week there's another wave of Thargoid reinforcements. It's, it's I, also, I do like that idea. It's also like having that... Um having that sort of like fall, fallout as well. Like, okay, the, you, there's got to be... I, I don't I don't want to use the word punishment, but there's got to be like some kind of punishment for not completing it. So you've Penalty. not completed it. Like, um, what's what's the thing about there's there's a thing about a guy pushing a stone up a hill and then when he goes to sleep the stone slips back down. This like is that like it's a parable? Something like that. Something, yeah, Katie, will get in my get in my DMs and let me know in a minute. But um, there's some kind of thing with that. I I, I kind of like that. I feel like that's a bad analogy, though, because isn't that parable basically the endless grind? Yeah, well, that, that's elite dangerous <laughs> in engineering? a fucking nutshell, aren't yeah. <laughs> Are we talking the, about the same game? By, by the way, that was uh, Sisyphus, uh, Sisyphus, not yeah, uh, yeah not Ephesus. Not I was no. like, is it Ephesus? 
No, because isn't <laughs> Ephesus the one you can actually turn and say, hey, mother... F-? Genuinely. Ephesus. <laughs> yeah. I remember the story from Ulysses 2040, whatever it was. Ulysses 31. Oh, yeah, my God. I can't, how can I know that? Why does that pop in my head? It's just... Oh, just old person. Anyway, uh, let's, let's Ulysses move 31 on. was awesome. Oh, it was awesome. Anyway, let's move on from there. Um, so, thumbs up there, everybody. <laughs> nice the shit, mate. The late radio thumbs up of approval. Put it back the way it was. Reset our progress. That was much better. <laughs> me lo- get off me lawn. <laughs> Um, obviously, there was the 9th of February, there was Freedomship Live 25, where they had our good friends, um, Arth and Bruce, going through some of the changes which have been happening over the last com- couple of weeks, the usual stellar screenshots and um, the whole McGubbins, but they were trying to be, how shall I put it, subtle about Update 15? Did anybody think they were they were being subtle? And what are you referring to specifically? Uh, the fact there was just blue smarties. Right. No, no, absolutely the fuck not. I'm going to go into go fucking mental if you start doing it like this. No. <laughs> You're not buying the blue smarty triangle, psychic. No, I'm not. I'm buying um a, a lad who was sat on a table, just absentmindedly putting a bunch of... Bl- don't get me wrong, there were only blue smarties in there, but putting a bunch of, or M&Ms or whatever they were, putting a bunch of them down and then letting them, um, letting them move on and um, looking over at the guy who does all of the sound and the production and getting confirmation from them. <laughs> how, about, how about ordering water from the bar? Well, that's just gimmicky as shit. That's half being gimmicky as shit. I, I'm not with you. It. I'm not. I'm not Please. sure there's anything in these things. But um, yeah, there's a lot of voices out there saying, "Oh, it hurts us. It hurts us so bad." <laughs> yeah, <I'm... laughs> you can't believe how many people got so upset over a bunch of Smarties slash M and M's. Well, excited. I mean, excited by it. I think other sweets are available. Telegraphing it. The funny well, thing is, do you know the funny thing is I did somebody actually there's not I did I did rewatch the clip. Mm. <sighs> I don't know what to say. It's a very careful rearranging of those three smiles. <laughs> I mean it's very deliberate. If you watch it again, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Do you know, do you know what I do when I'm not having a conversation with person? Let's say I'm at a bar and I'm having a conversation mm. with um, people. I will put co- coasters in a row. And while I'm absolutely yeah, do. doing that to um, occupy myself. Yeah, or I'm doing it now. Te- I've got a bit of paper on the desk in front of me and I'm aligning it at perfect rectangles. Or you'll tear um, bits yeah. of... Yeah. Uh, like bottle covers off. It's a, just a, a, a human thing. By all means, absolutely. If, I'm sure we'll be able to retcon it back into Aegis being um, reformed or some <laughs> shit like that. Let's call it that fucking meaning. <laughs> I think more, more impressive, actually, was um, was Bruce's little throw and catch of one of those M&Ms. He's a cool customer, isn't he? And <laughs> he bloody knows it. <laughs> Do you sometimes think that they're, they're going, you know what? Let's have a let's let's have a little laugh with them. Let's try and do something which we pretend is subtle and watch them twist themselves yeah, into knots, trying, well. trying to work out what we're doing when we're actually we're just saying, bah, yeah. we're joking. 
Is yeah. Darren in the chat? And for fuck's sake, Colin, please don't give any give him any hints. <laughs> I don't think Darren is with us tonight. I think uh, <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to give him any torturous ideas. No. no. So yeah, it, it was a good stream. It was a bit shorter than usual, um, which I think they just managed to get under the drop count or just over the drop count. So you'd had to be watching it all the way from beginning to end to get all the drops, but. Um, yeah, it was, you know, absolutely fine. <laughs> really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, does anybody else want them to signal something from the bar? I've been asking for a bar. drink from the bar for, since Odyssey came out for crying out loud. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we want drunk commanders that when they try and fly, they, they, they automatically crash their ships. Yeah. With salty peanuts. Would have to raise the Peggy rating again, so it's not gonna happen. <laughs> but right. I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to order fruit juice. Well, that's what they used to do in uh, in old Japanese RPGs. Is that there weren't pubs and, and, and taverns? There were coffee shops everywhere. I, I could live to... with a coffee shop. Yeah, but the thing was, you used to be. You walked into these in the, into these these coffee shops. Uh, uh, in in these RPGs, and there was all these sort of very drunk people crying into their coffee. You know, it, it just it's <laughs> it just bizarre. Anyway, um, picking up coffee in the corner. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, obviously, now as today is Valentine's Day, and we're recording on Valentine's Day. How our partners are letting us get away with this, I have no idea. But, um, yes, Paul Crowther has been posting some Valentine messages for everybody. Ben, do you want to take these? I can do if you want. Uh, let me. Sorry, I was just looking up the Peggy rating of Sea of Thieves for Jude, for Beetle Jude. And the par- um Because they've got I'll, Grog I'll, in that, haven't they? Yeah, they've got Grog, and it, people are saying they're pretty sure it's a 12. Ah, uh, it is a 12, go. I just Googled it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we just Googled that and there is a 12, so that's fine. Um, you need me to go and do this now, so I need to find that. Sorry, I was, I'm was. i trying to... I'm building my ship at the same time. <laughs> I'm doing important things here, Colin. Multitasking, mate. Can't you multitask? No, I'm a man! Jesus! Oh, you just... You just rely... You're just hiding behind reliable stereotypes. Come on. Yeah, uh, I've, I did... I, I know it's here because I added it. Um, I'm gonna have to look for Paul, aren't I? There we go. Right. Well, okay. I'll take it then. Okay, I've, got, I've, I've, I've found it now. Oh, you found it. Good. Yeah, I was oh, typing, professional I was radio at its best. I was also typing the word Paul and found it. So yeah, Paul, Paul did a bunch of creepy Valentines, which I thought were very funny. Um, so the first one he did was, "Don't cry if you're single this Valentine's Day. You are never truly alone as long uh, as they, or Donald weirdly, are always with you." And then the second one he put out was, if I said you had a beauty, beautiful body, would you let me reanimate, reanimate it? And the last one that I saw, and though there might be others, roses are red, violets are blue, I find your heart is the most difficult to chew. So, does it just me, or is he, is, is he sort of a bit loving the zombies there? Is Paul it is of... the Lich King. Paul, Paul, Paul is, yeah. Paul is a lich king. He has um I'm yet to find his phylactery, but when I do, Paul Crowther, when I do. Oh, 
Okay, fair enough then. I, I, I cannot stand leeches. <sighs> not to be mistaken for leeches. But the leeches I'm not too keen on either. No, no, neither of them. Medicinal or otherwise. <laughs> and the development news continues. Well, Sally has been on the forums today. Um, he's been, she's been asking for more information about Hero Ferrari, who is apparently not inviting command, uh, commanders to her lair slash lavatory, uh, as and when she should. Now, this is um, causing them a bit of issues a bit of an issue, and they, they're having trouble tracking it down. So if you could drop your experience over on the issue tracker, they would appreciate it, because the more data they get, the, the, the quicker they'll probably be able to, to solve it. Uh, we'll put a, 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 a link to that particular issue in the show notes, so for all of you that, that need it, uh, who want to share about Hero Ferrari not being um, as helpful as she should be, there you go. Um, and finally, Elite Dangerous has now welcomed new partners to the Elite da- Dangerous Partner Program. Uh, now, these there's quite a few of them. Uh, we've got Erlum Two Three Seven, Celine Star Dragon, who I've, I've seen from time to time, uh, Commander Hatch, Grinning Crow, uh, the legendary Fiery Toad, who without him I wouldn't be using voice attack. So <laughs> we've got Barnardo Seven. Uh, Run Wild, I appreciate. The legendary bottom stroker, Nick Lambert. <laughs> Honestly, he was the first person to work out how to make the um, the gestures rude. <laughs> what can I say? We've got Hawks Gaming. Oh, here we go. Asgar. Do you think that's about right? Sounds Asgar, very Klingon. I would say. Asgar. Uh, it sounds like sounds he needs to have it more Klingon. Yeah. You know, uh, we've got Orbital Jeffo, Lex Labber, and Lieutenant, Lieutenant Psyche. So, um, yes, welcome to the uh, Partners Programs, everybody. Uh, you join Psykit as one of the many. Um, I know and there's Life a few... Radio. And Life Radio, to clarify. You know what? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what have you done with the skateboard, Colin? What? Did, didn't, that, didn't Ben have that and it's disappeared? Ben has all of it, yeah. The skateboard yeah, is on my bed if you wanted, Colin. Oh, yeah, can you just imagine me in a skateboard? You no. do so wait, it's just a deck, it doesn't have wheels, you'll be fine. <laughs> no, See, no. I, I, you know, I, I do have, I, I have ideas for the skateboard. Um, <laughs> you know, now, there is a, there is a, I've, there's, I, I have ideas for the skateboards. Um, I know, I, I but, can but rollerblade, but I cannot, they're, they're I cannot, cheap, unfortunately. I cannot skateboard, but I can certainly rollerblade quite well, so. Um, I, I used to go skateboarding when I was about 13. So, 40 years ago, then. Oh, Christ, yes, about that. <laughs> uh, no, over 43 years ago. No, 33 years ago. Uh, it's like riding a bike. Oh, hang on. Sure. No, it's not. It's, I don't know. You know I, I'm, I, I have no idea. I, you know, I really would like to to try, but I, I've, I've, I've got ideas that I've seen, and I, I think I, it would I, be cool, but I don't I know. I think how we, we, should have, we should have a Kickstarter, just have a video of, of Ben on the skateboard. A charity kick or a charity I, I, charity stream. Actually, I bet Steve Bond's got some some wheels and and things he could. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, right. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Anybody would like to see Ben injure himself for the for special effect? 
<laughs> I'm just dropping you in it. Okay, let's yeah. let's move on. So yeah, for all those new partners, you will be able to start picking up the Blizzard Star Set, which is the latest load of Twitch drops, which are um, out at the moment. So uh, there's the Asp Explorer, the Anaconda, the Python, and the Cobra Mark III. Um, can I just say this? I'm not really a fan because it just reminds me of Yellow Snow. That's along the lines of what uh, Chris Mark IV and I were talking about earlier. So we decided we'd instead of going down the yellow snow line or things like that, we thought we'd describe it as a mustard shade. It's gold. Call it gold, it'll be fine. Oh, I'm sorry. That's gold. I, I'm sorry. If I see snow like that colour, I'm staying well away from it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. It, it, it might be the lighting does change paint jobs. I will freely admit that. So, <laughs> it could be. Yes. Okay. Well, from from all that news, we shall move on to the in-game events of what has been happening this week. Well, um, on Thursday, the 9th of February, the Kumo, Kumo crew have been rebuffed after their anti-Xeno campaign. Um, now, this was uh, the good old pirate lord himself, uh, basically taking on a... Taking on a on himself to defend the Californian Nebula. And it went very successfully for him. However, I don't think he got the rewards he was expecting because the Alliance just the Alliance populace said, right, thank you very much for saving us from the Thargoids. Now get lost. And chucked him out. So that <laughs> that was a bit of a surprise. I think everybody thought that the uh, California Nebula was going to then turn into a, sort of a pirate haven, which to tell you the truth, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a p- little pirate haven slash badland somewhere in Elite Dangerous. Um, then on Friday, the 10th of February, the Federation started to pledge resources to Aegis if it formed with that proviso. Um, and then, lo and behold, on Monday the 13th, yesterday, um, Aegis did return, and then being announced uh, that uh, the Alliance, the Federation, uh, and the Empire will support uh, the the agency, and they will support it in a different way. Uh, Professor Tezro has now said that um, they will take on the shortcomings that caused ages to be disbanded in the first place. Well, although we think Salvation had a lot more to do with that than anything else. And we'll be looking at a new form of the agency. And then they started mentioning stuff about, we're going to start researching how ships can survive in in the Maelstroms. Yeah. Dun-dun-dun. So, um... Psychic, like you were the one that thought, no, I don't want Aegis back. I don't want them back at all. Well, they're back now. So how do you feel? I still don't want Aegis. It's pronounced Aegis, by the way, just to clarify. Um, I still don't want them back. I think it's a I think it's a really, really bad use of language. And I fear that they will struggle to get out of the um to survive the the bits of the Bauman report that weren't fully um related to the things that um uh Asimov and salvation do, does i do like the fact that um a good old torby has been very quiet during this period that ha- that ha- i have really appreciated i think it would have been better for 
um, better for like Tesro and Tana and possibly Daddy Ram and Papa Palin, the same names to go and form something new and something sort of born from the ashes of everything else that's been that's been shit that said um i i quite like the um i quite like the idea of getting those caustic sinks that petra um omnova isn't um very too subtly hinting towards so that would be nice yeah so the these sinks were they were they're basically modules or is it a different we don't know we don't know. So when update fourteen dropped, we didn't we didn't have a new module for it, but you could synth caustic sinks with some of the bits that are inside the maelstroms. You could, um, if you picked those up, you could use those as things that would be able to sync um, to. You could um, you could like synthesize um, caustic um, sinks. But there wasn't a module for it. I imagine we're going to have, like, um, in place of a heat sink, we'll be able to have caustic sinks as well. But um, and and there's likely going to be a CG for it either Thursday or next Thursday. Well, yeah, look forward to that because, uh, yeah, um, I must admit, as far as the Maelstroms are concerned, we've, uh, after our initial flurry of interest, we all hit a dead end. So, obviously, yeah, we were, we're needing to progress on that bit, on that front. Um, uh, now, if those of you who are wondering what the Omega Grid networking is, um, wasn't that, Alec, wasn't that the network that was created by the NMLA? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know much about it, but I did see somebody linked to this much older Galnet article that suggested that it was a, like a comms network created by the NMLA. Or, um, mm-hmm. And it, it sounded like it had been hacked fairly easily and and you know data that fed into a separate galnet story had been sort of you know pinched from the out of the <laughs> this comms network so it doesn't, doesn't sound very good it doesn't have very good uh, like um backstory yeah and yeah, because this it, it is the like a hundred year old L- london sewer <laughs> up a bit, yeah yeah and, the, and this is the comms network that the aegis has wanted to use yeah mm. right fair It'd enough fine, wasn't it? Yeah. inspiring confidence is it yeah. Um. So the the Omega the Omega Grid sorry was um it was like some of the easier ciphers that we had more recently. So I think the key for the um uh that we need to take away from the fact that the 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 Omega Grid is going to be um prevalent is they're looking at using that technology and maybe heightening it, but it's just an idea of what we we can as um, players look forward to in the future. That's my takeaway from it. I don't know necessarily if that's um, that's correct, but I figure that's probably why it was hinted towards. Excellent. Right. By the um, way, Miggles has uh, corrected me. The, um, the Omega Grid was set up by the Imperial Internal Security Service and hijacked by the NMLA. Right. Yeah. It was still shit, though. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Well, let's Most hope. A, let's hope a, Aegis, Aegis, definitely Aegis, uh, <laughs> are able to uh, look in. I've been calling them Aegis for ages, so you know. I, I mean, I understand the pun <laughs> and I enjoyed the joke, but it's still Aegis. I can hear the teeth grinding from here. Um, the Thargoid War update. Um, there are 
This week we have 87 systems in alert. Uh, 50 systems, systems, good grief, I've got put my teeth back in. 50 systems are under invasion. Uh, we have taken back one. And we have 18 systems in recovery. Um, however, Thargoid control systems have jumped by 75 to 724 this week. Um, so humanity is still on schedule for being wiped out in less than four years. Go Thargoids. <laughs> yeah, they should be in um, Pixel Bandit's Football League because they're doing rather well. <laughs> they, they are. Thargoids. <laughs> Uh, right. Well, we've got a few things to, to follow up on after after last week. Um, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to check on the chain missions in Odyssey at the moment, uh, mostly due to, to time pressures. Um, now, Ben, you were checking through for problems you had with the gamepad last week? Yeah, I... Control yeah, scheme? I was, well, just basically, I was like, you know what would re be really, really nice? If I could actually drive my SRV like I drive a car in GTA, yeah, know, I want my trigger, my right trigger for forward, left trigger for backwards, steering bits, and and so on. And then somebody whose name I'm going to remember, who I do know, honest um, Valeriak, uh, went off and said, "Well, you could always try using this." Um, and you know what? He's right. God damn it! It works perfectly. It's beautiful. Uh, the only trick, in inverted commas, is what we should all be doing anyway and make sure that drive assist is turned off. As long as drive assist is turned off, I can accelerate and I'll go back to zero. I can reverse. I'll go back to zero. It is a thing of beauty. Why the hell it's not done by default, I don't know. Can I, can I ask, Ben? So, so yes. you've got a trigger. You've got, so your right trigger's bound to an accelerate. Yes. Right, so I'm on the gamepad. Yeah, yeah. So um, what happens when you let go? It goes to it trends to zero. Okay, cool. That's neat. Good. Um, and then I've also got like I've made a jump. Um, and other other buttons for doing other things basically. Um, you know, I've got uh, my rotate and roll on. You know, I can, it it's worked surprisingly well. Uh, and then the other thing that I also did because for what I normally do. I found myself basically bumping into Psychic's little problem with controls. I was like, oh, yes, I, I've deactivated. You know, my gamepad's no longer turned on. Why don't you have keyboard device instead? To which I said, piss of that. And I, I did a similar binding to my T16000 so that I can use the paddles on the back and basically use them for accelerate and, and reverse instead. Um, and that, that works very nicely as well. So, yes, this made me happy. Excellent. Um, right. Well, obviously, last week, the Class 5 Experimental Weapon Stabilizer was released. Now, um, let's have a quick check out with the rest of the crew on this one. Um, first of all, guys, did you use it? And did you find it useful? Well, Can I go first? And have yeah, you go first, Ben. Yeah, you're an idiot. What were we talking about? Well, I went off and I, was like, I got all excited and I put it onto my, my anaconda last night. Yes. Only to find out that the way my bill, the, the way my anaconda's laid out, if I wanted all five, I'd have to basically get rid of my very, very large hard point and, there's, and replace it with something small and shit, or get rid of two size 
two things and replace them with things that are small and shit. Right. At which point I thought, you know what, I'm actually better just with four, four anti-Xeno things instead of instead of five. Fair enough. So or you did or five instead of six, whatever it is, I can't remember. So, so you, uh, it hasn't really helped you at all, then. It didn't help me on that, and this is why I'm currently been building a chieftain mm. because I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and do a, I'm going to, I'm going to put it onto a chieftain, and I'll see what I get. Um, so I, I've got a chieftain that I'm sure people will say, Ben, what the hell are you thinking? It's a shit idea, but currently it's got. Three Gauss cannons and three multi and three enhanced AX multi cannons for sneezing and generally spewing daka daka all over the place. Mm. Um, and I've no idea what it'll be like, but you know, I know the Gauss cannons are good for for sort of sniping at hearts because I believe that's what you were doing last night, isn't it, Colin? Oh, I I I don't have any guardian weapons whatsoever on mine. So what what were you doing your sniping with then? I was. Uh, I was being a dead shot with AX missiles, believe it or not. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, enhanced AX missiles. Enhanced AX missiles. Uh, I must admit, there was a couple of couple of shots in there which I heard both you and Ralph go, "Bloody hell!" Had chance yeah. with that, and that was from... like it went from you know, pretty much done to and it's gone. Yep, um, and that, those were hearts from three kilometers away, so I was very, very right. impressed with my accuracy. <laughs> Asked me to do it on purpose again, probably never be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, but you'll, you'll take it. Uh, yeah, but I'll take it. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, I have put on my T10 um, six, <laughs> six um, AX multi-cannons, and yeah, if you want the DACA, it, it, it is gorgeously DACA. <laughs> <laughs> However, the, the downside is is that it's a T10, <clears throat> which means that um, it's just, I well, other people will be able to, but I have a, an engineered D10 with dirty, T10 with dirty drives, and, and this ship is, is, is no good against interceptors which just runs rings around you yeah i mean I, I was i was in my anaconda last night and it was beautiful in my all turreted anti-xeno anaconda just going against all the scouts that was brilliant it's just like you know select a scout shoot and you know just fly in its general vicinity and the scout will die yeah yeah um the, pro- the problem i had with the t10 was that yeah. i was trying to get back to um uh, to the wonderful Gi system, <laughs> and uh, the problem was every everywhere you would go, you'd get hyper addicted. And I don't know about anybody else, but I wasn't able to escape a hyper addiction in, in a T10. And for some reason, the Thargoids are very, very good at knocking your shields down and then immediately targeting the FSD, so you can't get away. <laughs> So yeah, that that's why I lost so many Bloomin' T tens over the weekend. Um so I'm yeah, like you, I'm back on four experimental weapons when we were flying about last night in the crate. Um I lost a few crates to the ground, but apart from that we did we did okay, I think. Um what about yourself, Alec? I haven't tried it. That's quite interesting to hear from your experience though that um I've heard a few people saying it 
doesn't really work and you kind of end up going back to four that's quite satisfying somehow isn't it that the that the you know the way the manufacturer designed it in the first place does work really nicely and sure you can slap more on for a bit of fun but doesn't yeah really... i I, th- I think in order it's the ship balance you see because yeah. in order yeah. to take thargoids on you i you need a ship that's got speed you do you need all sorts of things don't you and yeah I find that and, very satisfying, actually, that, that four is the best. But the problem is, is that those ships don't have enough gun ports to take advantage of the of these experimental stabilizers. It's like, you know, it's like taking a beautiful Ferrari and slapping a massive spoiler on the back and, you know, doing your own sort of air intakes and stupid exhaust pipes. It's not going to make it better. <laughs> it might look cool to your no. mind, you know, but it's not going to make it better. Actually, if you try and customize a Ferrari like that, Ferrari, Ferrari will get in touch with you and demand that they take the Ferrari badge off. Did they? Yeah. Did they? Oh, that's yeah. Cool. It, it's if you try and do, you know, put go faster stripes on a Ferrari or something like that that's not approved, they will be get in contact and trying and get you and trying to take the uh, um, take the badge off it. <laughs> yes, Ferrari are very. They want Ferraris to be Ferraris. <laughs> they don't want when you're mucking about with it. Right. But yeah, sorry, no, haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Um, what about you, Psychic? Any luck? I you know, you know, I feel like we're at like this con I'm at this constant broken record because I'm fully intending to still. But now this the the Gauna article that came out yesterday giving me the giving me the opportunity to um just hang fire a little bit until we get an idea of what these caustic sinks are going to be have made me go, ah, I don't need to do it yet. I can just continue fighting. But we had a discussion about it today. We had a nice long chat and I got sent a um, a whole tank Corvette uh, modified shard cannon build, which, oh, let's be honest, looks really fun. And I'm super excited about it. Um, but... But I, I had, I considered, <laughs> I considered remodifying one of my current Corvettes, and then I got really excited about the idea of doing a new, brand new sixth Corvette for within this particular build. So that last one that I've barely used for Anti Zeno, I've maybe taken it out twice in its whole lifetime, is just going to sit there as a monument and think about what it did wrong. And then I'm going <laughs> to. Well, I think it's got a class seven prismatic on it. It's ridiculous. It's it's the wrong ship. It's from an age gone by. Um, but now I'm. I think I'm going to make a brand new Corvette. But I need a lot of like core dynamic composites and all of those kind of things. So what better thing to do than take um, kill one hydro mission or kill two um, hydro missions and get ten. Um, different modified embedded firm- firmware and all of that sort of stuff that I can um, keep going back and forth between the uh, material traders and trade until I've got all the materials I need. So long story short, no, I haven't used them yet, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> so look at that. I suffered death over and over again for everybody <laughs> just to find out. <laughs> it's not great. No, I mean... I feel like the type, like a Type Ten with AX multi cannons, is very, very much a support ship. So you need friends. Around. I'm not. 
That's come out really friends. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you're saying. Colin, you need friends. That, that's come out wrong. But I wouldn't recommend soloing um, a, um, a, a an anti-Xena comedy zone in a type 10 that, let's face it, turns like it's moving through treacle um, without like some other maybe more nippy. I don't... The word competent gets thrown about, but um, maybe like more qualified anti-Xeno pilots with more um, um, more firepower to um, that you can assist with the majesty of the Type Ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, somehow, someone on on if you're watching us on Twitch, we've got someone sat outside, <laughs> sat outside the uh, the living at the uh, the bar. In, in the actual docking bay. That is a misalignment. Pretty it's far. Like... <laughs> He's just sitting there, sitting there enjoying the atmosphere. <laughs> it's not ghost giraffe, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll touch on that later. Cause... <laughs> We've got somebody else outside the bar window. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, um, yeah. Chris Mark Four says that's the smoking area. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, it could be because um, the docking bay is pressurized, so you could yeah. have a smoking area out there. In theory, you should be able to walk around that out there. To be fair, yes, you could. Yeah. In theory. In theory. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, we're we're kind of following up our, our control discussion from last week because on Friday. Um, Atreus broke one of the hats on his uh, VKB gladiator while fighting Thargoids and submitted a ticket. Uh, and by Monday afternoon, VKB had got back to him to let him know that they're sending him a new switch completely free of charge, uh, including postage. So it's, it's good to see that VKB uh, are so quick on the mark with their uh, uh, their product support. Yeah, I was Goodness. impressed with that. Yeah, goodness knows me trying to get something for my X fifty two out of Cytec. Jeez. Yeah, well, it's the same with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, was, what was that? Taskmaster, was it? Thrustmaster. Oh Thrustmaster. <laughs> Thrustmaster. <laughs> I thought you it was a new <laughs> new a new challenge in Taskmaster then to get something out of Cytec. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly a comedy, I'll show you that. I took a gun there, mate. No. Who well, who, who 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 was it before Logitech again? Cytech. Okay, so it was Cytech before Logitech, right. Yeah. Right. Um moving on. There seems to be a competition happening in uh, the world of Elite Dangerous to see who can get their ship hot enough um before it goes boom. And uh, yes, the the winner at the moment is the person that got it to three million three hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three percent heat. I'm, I'm sorry, is that surely that that's hotter than a star? <laughs> yeah, it's just getting silly now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a feature. It, yes, it's, it's definitely a feature, that's for sure. Um, you won't have any... Honestly, if you could get your ship that hot, it would burn the caustic off your ship, plus also all the ships all around you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, caustic damage on, on Monday night was... Oh! Just a nightmare. Uh, just when you think you've got one done, you get hit by three caustic missiles at once, and then you just watch your... 
um, your hull just go from a hundred to one percent in less than ten seconds. It's oh, no. I launched an limpet. It didn't manage to link in on time before my hull ran out. Ooh. Sorry, a, a bit of a rant, Alec. I, maybe this is for later. I don't know. It just just suddenly occurred to me. I wonder if these um, uh, these corrosion sink jobbies for the maelstrom can be used in combat to just um, shrug off caustic damage. Anyway, sorry, maybe for later. <laughs> yeah, that might be interesting. Um, and finally, JN Tracks has reported that um, after getting a cheap $20 webcam and installing OpenTrack and Track AI, Elite instantly recognized the head tracking and worked right away. Um, he says it's the least config he's ever had to do, uh, and there's an approximately six percent CPU overhead. Um, this is really good. I don't know whether or not it's they've improved um, OpenTrack since the last time I used it, but um, yeah, that seems to be a fantastic alternative to the ED tracker, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> As a, as a cheap way to get head racking in. Yeah, um, no, he's, he's well impressed. Yeah. It just worked. Just plugged in and worked. Excellent. Um, has anybody else used um, Track AI for that? Or I used Track AI ages ago with the, you know, you know those fake VR things um, that you had with the, uh, oh, you strap a phone on your on the front of your head. Oh, with, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The what did you used to call it again? Call them like the the Oculus Peasant or something. Oh, the Oculus Thrift, I used to call That's it. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was I was one of the first people in the country to do that. Yeah. Because basically, I didn't have a VR headset, and it got it actually got reasonable results back then. It yeah, it still exists. Um, and uh, you can actually get a rudimentary VR experience just using an Android phone and the headset that costs £10 and um, some head tracking software. Yeah. It, it, it's actually quite good. Nothing, it worked well enough. It worked well enough to give you an impre- a taste of VR that you thought, this is quite good, I'll, I might splash out for something better. But, uh, yeah, it, it had its limits. Oh, yeah. But it was it was good for what it were. Yes, and it's yeah, it was definitely worth the money. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Well, moving on from there, um, I think it's that time of the week again. Store alert! In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your arts. In the bi-weekly And welcome back. Well, the store alerts uh, have returned to ships only uh, for the uh, for the uh, <laughs> for the skins this week. Um, yes, the wonderful Cobra Mark Three gets three 
oh, several actually Hunter-style paint jobs, which seem to be chrome with added stripes. Now, I do, I will admit that I really do like the chrome Cobra. I've got one myself. Uh, but this actually, I don't know, It, I I hate to say this, I think they look better than the chrome, uh, the chrome skin job, or paint job, rather. What do what do you guys think? I, I have to I'm I'm a little bit upset because the the static image for the tweet mm-hmm. had everything looking a lot darker because uh, it was basically the the static image was the fade in effect. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, it's like these really really dark gray base cobras, right? With a slightly lighter gray stripy bits, and I was like, that looks amazing. Mm. And yeah. th- and then I saw what they actually were. I was like, okay, still looks good, but a little bit more colourful than I I pictured. Yeah, and they come they come in sort of yellow, uh, green, red, uh, kind of greyish, uh, and basically white stripes as well. Yeah. Um, I think I think I prefer this to the the standard chrome one because I don't know it breaks the chrome up. I, th- I think also the way the way those um, the parallel lines kind of fan out, it, it mm-hmm. just accentuates the the shape of the cobra, which is already nice and obviously such a classic that we all love. And I think it just accentuates it a little bit, like the wireframe did. It's great, I yeah. really like it. It's a good racing ship. It's got a good racing ship look to it. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, for the last um, three weeks, what with the the Asp Explorer, the Alliance Chieftain Hunter. And and these new cobras, they've they really are coming up with some uh, really nice paint jobs um, for a while. Uh, this one, uh, you, you normally pick these up for about two thousand four hundred and twenty arcs, works at about two to three quid. So yeah, depending on how many arcs, what you bought your arcs for. Um, so yeah, um, I think thumbs up on the on the skins as well. I really like the green one. There is a green one. I, I haven't. There it is. I thought it yeah. dreamt the green one for a moment there. I think the green one's really cute. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I don't know what my favourite is. I, I'm, I'm trying to work out with the yellow, the yellow or orange one, or the, the red, white, and, and blue one. I think I might go for the red, white, and blue one. Not that I'm being patriotic or anything. <laughs> so. Um, after that, we're going to come. We're going to take a short break, have some adverts, and then I think we'll come back with a community corner. Oi, how you doing, my brother? So you run some data, and you left your little sidey, and you're starting to think about maybe a ship that can punch a little bit harder. Well, the Killback, the one with the little flappy wings, is just what the doctor ordered. It is multi-crew enabled and is the smallest ship with a fighter bay, so you can point, and they will do your bidding. <laughs> it's got three utility mounts, two small and two medium hard points plus a whole batch of compartments so if you want a bit of fun grab a kill back my son from the creators of luggage limpets and passenger lounge suitcase shuttles comes the latest revolution in passenger transportation the passenger cannon for centuries circus performers have perfected the technique of being fired from a cannon Paired with our new memory gel passenger pod impact absorption technology, you too can speed up disembarkation times from your liner by up to 250%. No longer be limited by pad sizes and excessive docking fees with the Passenger Cannon. But how does it all work? 
1st, all passengers will be issued with a passenger pod inflation suit during transit. On approach to your passenger's destination, simply fill the inflation suit with our patented impact-absorbing memory gel. Then, once in a stable position in proximity to the destination, effortlessly slide them into the disembarkation chamber ready for launch. The passenger cannon is now available in both gimbaled and turreted varieties to make aiming elementary. Make your lino one of the top 1% in the galaxy. Buy a passenger cannon today. Warning, passenger cannon must not be operated on high gravity planets or near geezers. Space is vast, and pirates have needs just like anyone else. Introducing the Lonely Pirate Handbook, the ultimate resource for lonely pirates. Our guide covers the hot spots and not spots of interstellar space, from smugglers' dens to space station taverns, with helpful chapters such as how to be presentable in polite society, how to get rid of that nefarious rank, and my favorite, occasionally shower. Are your early advances often mistaken for attempts to rob or plunder? Oh, I've come a long way for what's in your hold. Prepare to be boarded. Frameship charge detected. Oh. Buy today and receive the Lonely Pirates chat-up guide for free. I've got a very large hard point. Would you like to see my very large hard point? You're so hot. You're making my temperature critical. Lower your shields. I want to inspect the goods. Come back to my place. I might let you touch my irritated anaconda. Are you smuggling illegal goods? Because you've got fine written all over you. The Lonely Pirate's Handbook. Now available in all Anarchy bookstores. We'll teach you to loot anyone's heart. New from Azimuth Biotech, it's Tickle Me Thargoid. Tickle Me Thargoid is fun for all the family. Teach your little anti-Xeno commander the difference between an Orthrus and a Cyclops, a Basilisk and a Medusa. Count the hearts. One, two, three, four. It's a Cyclops. Teach them their weakness and how to exploit them. Now rip out the hearts. One by one. I don't want to. Do it. Using the tool. Do it. Now stomp on its face. Smash its face in. I've got them. Tickle Me Thargoid, available now from branches of Lave Toy Depot and other retailers. Was was it just me, or was, did someone there was was channeling the Emperor? Just do it. Do it. <laughs> Come on, that's my sister. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> She did a really fucking good read. I'm super proud of her for doing it. <laughs> Thank you, Katiana. I think, I think mine just sounds like dirty old man. Yeah, anyway, yeah, <laughs> and mine didn't. Well, that's just a given, Ben. <laughs> right, <laughs> moving on. Just quickly moving on before any personal issues hit the hit the airwaves. Um, we've got. Uh, a music video uh, called oh, "One." So of good. 
It's awesome, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah. I I haven't seen it. Okay, it's we really can't put, we, we wouldn't be able to play it on stream because it is no. um definitely copyrighted music, but it's um it it's a pe- it's a piece of music that went around TikTok like a year ago. Um right. it was um it's a cover of the Spice Girls um wannabe, but it's um like a little bit more grungy and a little bit more gritty. But the editing, I haven't seen editing like this for an Elite Dangerous um uh, um thing. This um protocop is phenomenal. Just it's such a good editor. Did you see his previous video? I've gone yeah. through. I've gone through right. the rest of them based on based on yeah, that yeah, video. Yeah. So good, so yeah. good. So I caught his previous one, and I was already subscribed when this one dropped, and it was just it just blew me away. What what was really so cool actually was that I I posted it. I sort of said, "Do you mind if I you know promote this?" Because he had like six likes or something. And I was thinking, "Fuck me, this needs more likes." Yeah. So um so I posted it on Twitter and Sally blessed her. This was on Monday morning and Discovery Scanner must have been, you know, a, to go to press. And she stopped press and wedged it in Discovery Scanner, bless her, which was awesome. And the guy is so chuffed about the attention he's getting. But it's it's yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Excellent. I've I've got to I've got to look this up then. Um if you lot are all recommending it. Yeah, it's uh, it's one and a half yeah. minutes long. It's it's really quick, but it's really punchy. It's amazing. Uh, yep. I do want to just quickly say about this, and it didn't affect me, but my my brother-in-law really liked the Spice Girls, and I was like, you need to see this. And he's like, I can't watch that video. The effects that he's using, with the zooms and the, the sideways, I don't even know how to describe it, but the effect, basically after about 20, about 20 seconds, gave him a real bad migraine. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so... I loved it. I thought it was great, but it gave my brother-in-law a migraine, so hey. Fair enough. Uh, uh, as you've also just heard, there's there's something being released by Psychic called the Hi. Lonely Pirates Handbook. I do, I do, I do them. I, I do the... Um, I've started... <laughs> in in the, the long list of, hey... Um, I I don't I'm not doing a lot of things I'm not working on a shit ton of stuff behind the scenes or anything not me surely not I'm not up to my eyeballs you know I'll sleep in November it's not a problem I went you know what I can do I could probably do like little animated adverts or little animated shorts for each of the um, each of the adverts that me and um, and uh, Chris Watt Four are doing because we we have a lot of fun doing them and I just keep thinking about ways to visualize them as well so yeah they're going up on my YouTube probably every Monday until I run out or until I haven't managed to make another one I've got three in hand at the moment so yes yeah they're 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 really fun to do and you know i i just i just fucking love it yeah bring them on bring them on (laughs) unfortunately um although psychic may be busy and uh uh everybody else um it seems that nobody's been doing anything on the community planner doesn't seem to be anything at all for the next month month and a half so um yeah I think it's the quietest I've ever seen it, which is a bit of a shame. But hey, then again, Alec, mm. Alec, Alec, put on a buckyball race. Yes, I'm. I'm going to do it right now. Pressure. <laughs> yeah. When, when when does the season start again? Is it does it match the F1 season? <laughs> We've got until end of March. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, um, 
also moving on from there, uh, as you know, in in re- in the real world, uh, there's there's been quite a lot of shooting downs of unidentified flying objects. Um, over the states and apparently over Romania as well for some reason. Um, however, one of the ones that was shot down over Canada lately was um, a prax- uh, reported as being having eight sites, and to which David Braben went, mm. something shot down unidentified with eight sides, eh? I wonder where we've heard about those before. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> it couldn't. It's a promotional stunt. <laughs> I, I, I've been hearing some weird things about this, and it's just it's it's, it's all a little bit tinfoil hatty for me. But 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 sweets on a bar isn't just so we clarified on that. I've not said anything about sweets on a bar. My name is folks. You heard it here first. Actually, no, you didn't. You absolutely <laughs> didn't. You absolutely no. fucking didn't. It's everywhere, and I, I, it's enough. It's enough to drive someone crazy. It really is. It really is enough to drive someone crazy. You'll be doxing Canon in a minute. <laughs> Tell you what, next week, ne- uh, next live stream, they're going to have um, like uh, licorice strings, and he's going to spell out psychic, and then you're going to freak. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? I'll get even more hate than I already get. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, I hate this because they're all saying in the, the the chat room that I can't pronounce this word. And I just tried to pronounce that word and found out I couldn't. Because I can, instead of saying what I'm supposed to say, I keep on saying McGonagall. <laughs> what? <laughs> instead of McGonagall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, for some reason. <laughs> Maybe I've got too much Harry Potter on the mind, but, you know. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, especially because like that McGonagall. Exactly. I mean, I can understand right. if it were Tonks or something, or Lupin. Oh no, no, you didn't go there. You just didn't know. Oh. Ah, right. Well, on the subject of Ben, you know how you try to attack a settlement <laughs> using an SLF? I am aware of this, yes. Yeah, you are aware of this. You see that sputum on the ground? That's you, that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone on you um, on Reddit has managed to do it properly. And Funza's uh, has managed to raid an entire um, settlement, not by running around shooting people with um, in an, a, a Dominator suit, but by flying around in an SLF and laser beaming everybody to death, which, to tell you the truth, is phenomenally well done. Um, I'm assuming that someone uh, has been into um, inside and switched off all the um, anti- aircraft weaponry, because I thought the anti-aircraft weaponry still targeted um, still targeted the ship launch fighters. As you well know, Ben. I can neither confirm nor deny anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was phenomenally good to, to see, and we have passed on uh, the notes to Ben, so that he can have better luck at it next time. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be a next time, probably, until I get bored. Um, yeah, and we've had a little bit of a, uh, a uh, an example of, of what's happening next, but Ghost Giraffe, uh, he's managed to get people to walk on carriers. Um, it, it's phenomenal, this. Yeah, I love Ghost Giraffe. A, a lot of people will know already, but I, I get a lot of my best ideas from Ghost Giraffe. All those crazy things like 
stuffing bars full of guardian balls he did it first <laughs> and i just stole it and made a video <laughs> so um, yeah so so what's the are you so, going to try and do the same then it's well it's about a two and a half hour stream so i I'm, i've only just started watching it but i ha- I did skim it um it, it's full of little things. I mean, for anyone that hasn't watched Ghost Giraffe, a fantastic streamer, has been around since the beginning of Elite, really. Um, used to do the Mars and Sparks, what was it called? Space Cops, or laser, laser Cops. and That was right, yeah, Laser Cops. Yeah, they were always laugh. Been around forever. So Ghost Giraffe does a lot of stuff where he, um, <laughs> he, he takes a sledgehammer to the fourth wall, essentially, <laughs> to see how he can get inside structures and things. Um, I guess not for everyone, but I do find it hugely entertaining. Um, the gist of this, I believe, is that I don't—I I, I don't know if I should say it or not because it feels the gist of this is that you get a ship which has a cosmetic. So you know you can stand on the cosmetic add-ons, yes, like and things. So you, you get a ship that has—I don't know if it's the rescue cosmetic, but it has like a big prong out the front of a crate in the yes. in the bit I saw. So, so you get yourself inside the bar, just one side of the window, uh-huh. and your mate flies his crate up to the window, and his cosmetic pokes through the window, and you walk onto it. So his big crate penetrates the window, right? Yeah. Okay. And then he can basically lift you up <laughs> and out through the roof and put you wherever you want to go. So one of the things I, I've just watched, which was hilarious, was, you know, those little... Um, slots there's one at Hutton Orbital and it's like yeah, a yeah. slot that says authorized craft only. You know, the one with the free anaconda comes out. No, it's not free. It's a hundred credits. <laughs> anyway, well, how so, many so, times do we have to say this? So he did manage to leap inside there at one point. I won't spoil it, but it's fascinating. You get a glimpse <laughs> inside all sorts of structures that we're not supposed to see inside. It's it's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Um Fair play to Ghost Giraffe. He's, he's always entertaining to watch. Yeah. 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 Although somehow you do understand. Yeah. Anyway, now this moves yeah. on to the next thing that you wanted to talk about, Alec. This is the Thargoid War State Flow Diagram. Yeah. I saw this somewhere else. It's really annoying because I bookmarked it and then I lost it and I couldn't find the damn was, thing. Wasn't this in Ian? Doncaster's um, yes. Thargoid War Analysis thread. This is yes, I think that's probably where it came from, and I think I probably just saw it in a separate document that somebody else had made. Um, so yeah, right at the start of the Thargoid War, Ian Doncaster made this fantastic thread called Analyzing the Thargoid Simulation, where there were lots of blanks initially, but trying to work out exactly what did what. Um, I think we have a lot of the answers now, and it's been condensed into this fabulous little um, slate state flow diagram you know so you start off with a safe uh, safe state and then if you're targeted by thargoids it's like well there's an alert state um if the system's inhabited then you go to an invasion state and if it's not inhabited you go to a control state and then you've got three weeks you know you, you can follow all the flows around i think it's a really good explanation of what's of how things work it's quite complicated more complicated than i think people imagine yeah, it's also been updated with the uh, the thirty three percent rule. It has, yes. In. So it's so, quite yeah. up to date. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I must admit, the recovery is still. Oh, yeah, it says autocomplete quicken by restoring power settlements. So yeah, they've included that as well. So, um, 
has that actually happened yet where they've had that extra week a week speeding up so that it goes back into uh, into safe mode has anybody actually observed that yet I don't know the, the system that I've been because I just wanted to do these power restore missions because I thought it yeah. seemed interesting I, that's halfway the chevrons are about halfway through and there's been quite a few people in that system, so I don't know if it's one of the main ones. But but I don't know. I don't know if anyone's been has managed to actually push one back a week early. Yeah, I mean the one thing that um, I it's funny that people were uh, mentioning this is because uh, I know that uh, the hillbilly <laughs> redneck hillbilly radio, otherwise known as loose screws, um, were complaining last week about the yeah this complaining about. But the best thing you can do is to not not um, restore it quicker, because then it's immune to um, dark red attack, basically. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird, isn't it? It's like um, until we, I don't know if we've got it confirmed that if we if we expedite the recovery and make it um, make it a lot better, we'll be we'll be fully fully safe or anything like that, or be safe, and the Thargoids won't be able to re re-attack it and it won't go into alert because it i know there's somebody um i think it's captain md's got a big list of them and he's going on thursday he's going to double check to see if they get it they're in their last week so if they get um go straight into alert again it's kind of like where is our impetus in getting these things done interesting well, it's funny that because I was I was having a serious think about all this. Why is this? Why do we want to accelerate this to? Um, uh, uh, I've now gone all boomy, have I? Oh, no, right. no, no, you're fine. You're just like normal now. Am I okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, okay. There's an edit point for everybody. Um, right. Uh, no, like I said, I was having a think about this. Um, if if your system comes online earlier. And then it goes back straight into alert. You've actually saved another system for from going into alert elsewhere. So actually, from what you're doing is you're stopping the spread of the Thargoids going any further. And to tell you the truth, um, this kind of simulates what happens in a war because there is always this back and forward over a battlefield. Um, is that true? Yes. Not only so many states go into alert in a given fresh week but it, it 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 does seem to be that, that there's there is um a certain amount of uh capability that the thargoids can do dependent on how many control systems they've got okay cool so that if you if you if your system goes into an alert it means there's one less system going into an alert elsewhere but also counterpoint to that mm. burnout from video games <laughs> yes that... do, do you know what do you know what i mean I, I don't i don't want to sound like a, a big like um negative nancy or anything but i just think that it's um it, that's all well and good that we're stopping it from going elsewhere but it's really disheartening to see um something that's been all the way around those houses waiting to um get to that resolution and get to be safe and instead of going into safe it goes straight back into the alert um the the alert stage that just to me um with the best will in the world um can definitely put folks off wanting to wanting to keep doing what they're doing there needs to be 
not just this perpetual circle of main of maintenance because it was we're still not main we're still not maintaining maintaining it it's still spreading there's still more systems every day every um, week am i right in saying that now i've said that yes, yes you, yeah. you, you, so, yeah, yeah i saw a nice graph fact, somewhere actually it's actually increasing now we've lost yeah. more systems than before now exactly so we're we're not even doggy paddling above water and any small successes that we get, if they're going straight into alert again, um, it's it's going to make commanders want to fall out. So, I, again, that posits the question is, uh, so what if the Thargoids took over the entire bubble? What's your move next, Frontier? But then at the same time, it's... I, I don't I don't want I don't want to people to not want to pick up and play the game because it's relentless and they don't see any um any improvement. I don't want the Thargoid War to go away completely because it's really fun from like a gameplay point. It's it's finding that balance. Um yeah. and I, I'll be I'd be interested to see what they do next and and what we can do next. What 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 do you what would you guys like to see, like with that well, in mind? To tell you the truth, I mean, I think um, to me it feels like if if, you, if that system doesn't go under attack at some point, then it it does it does feel un oh, how can I say realistic when it's it's a made up game, but mm-hmm. it it just doesn't feel right because I remember going through history and uh, some of the battles which happened in uh, let, let's say North Africa they were swapping forts left right and center yeah. you you're basically fighting for nothing and then coming back push back and it, it was it was like a horrible horrible football match <laughs> that kept on going uh but and that that feels right for what the war is however i would like it that the systems that have come out of um an alert of oh, sorry have have come out of post recovery are a little bit more thargoid resistant yeah uh so that you know it like the 33% thing it feels like you haven't lost everything all at once yeah 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 you haven't yeah. just like yeah. resolved everything is it that kind of what you you were on to as well alec yeah i was going to say so the the normal recovery process if you do nothing is 4 weeks so it'd be quite nice if the system from the minute it went into that recovery state was, say, immune for, let's say, five weeks, regardless of whether you speed up recovery by restoring power. So if you can get power back up within a week, say, mm-hmm. then you've got an, a usable system for the next four weeks. Whereas oh, I you, like that idea. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? So that it's yeah, yeah, yeah. a safe period, whether you speed it up or not and the benefit of speeding it up is i don't know you've got a usable system hey yeah. here's, here's an idea <laughs> Let, why don't we park this right now and turn the question over to any listeners or anyone in chat who want to you know maybe write something in the comments or send us something on twitter and we can discuss those maybe as part of our main discussion next week that would be a most excellent suggestion. I I'm think glad so. You it up. <laughs> that didn't sound forced or anything, but we'll put some we'll put some tweets out about it, and um, <laughs> we'll we'll um, have a look at some some of your guys' comments and like do do all that next week. How how does that that sounds like a conversation that we can go into huge depth about when we don't have so much else to cover? 
It's funny that the, the show notes this morning were completely bare, and all of a sudden we've got more than enough. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to do the. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to do. I, I don't know if anybody else listens to the Bugle podcast. I, I I don't. No, no. Well, if if you if you do, when I say the words "fuck you," Chris, you'll understand. <laughs> I barely listen to this podcast, Colin. <laughs> anyway. We Sorry, got who one. what? Exactly. <laughs> Shut up, Ben, you idiot. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. Abuse all round. So let's, the final bit, the final bit of uh, news this week. Uh, Rubbernook has put a gal knot, <laughs> a gal knot uh, news post up. Um, suspicions have surfaced around Princess Ashling Duval's uh, today concerning her motivations for co-chairing the renewed Aegis. When I recall the press photos three weeks ago, it all falls into place, remarked Xavier Vreeland, Imperial Fashion Editor of Basque Magazine. It was a hot rumour on the Omega fashion grid that Ashling had roots showing, and they were ginger. There has been panic because the new colour treatments no longer disguise this. He continued, When Salvation's old research showed that Guardian relics glow blue, enough to recolour hair, the princess, TM, moved swiftly into a lead Aegis role to reduce this dye under the cover of an intergalactic war. She has appointed the fearsome hair engineer Lou... <laughs> Real to replicate this technology, and soon her hair will be the bluest it's ever been. I'm just afraid Ashling will destroy the galaxy just to get it. What people don't know is the Proteus wave was a hair-colouring tool, not a weapon. And salvation it was ginger too. And trying to keep, trying to to change that cost millions of lives. Ashling needs to do to accept who she is. And not let her vanity doom us all. Uh, I think there's an advert in there somewhere. Take two relics into the shower. <laughs> you come out with a relic. Yes, th- this one seemed to take a lot of people's. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, both Paul and, and Sally were commenting on this one <laughs> on the forums. That was good. Um, yeah, well. Does anybody else have any other business before I, I start doing the shout outs? Certainly psych it. I do. Off it's it's not it's not elite dangerous. I'm gonna I'm gonna veer off topic ever so slightly. It's not elite dangerous. It's not even sci-fi based. However, we are a um week and a half away from um Game Blast starting. Um, Game Blast starts on the 24th of February and lasts for the whole weekend. Um, For those of you who don't know what Game Blast is, Game Blast is a big weekend fundraiser for the very wonderful folks over at Special Effect. If you don't know what Special Effect is, I highly recommend you look it up, but they um, are an amazing charity that provide um, uh, assistance and they make gaming accessible for everyone and it's wonderful and beautiful and I love them very much. They are good people. Um, specifically, um, specifically something that I'm doing, I'm going to be raising some money on the Sunday, the 26th for, um, 
uh, game blast and special effect um, with a um, a two v two v two v two PvP session in um, Dungeons and Dragons, um, which is something that I've wanted to do for eons. And I have teams and I have folks coming and getting involved, and there will be opportunities for people who donate to special effect to actually alter the course of the battle and provide items to certain teams and certain players. And I'd love to see you there. It's 3 p.m. Um, UTC on um, uh, Sunday the 26th over at twitch.tv slash psychic. And I don't advertise myself that often, but, you know, I'm going to advertise. I'm going to pimp the shit out of this because, you know, charity and stuff. Not off, mate. How radio was that then, Chris? That, w- that, was, that was disturbing. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> Well, good luck, and I hope the D&D thing goes well, because we always like a good bit of critical ruling. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we'll, I think we will sure carry on with the shout-outs, if anybody hasn't got anything else. I've got a Mostly Clueless, but it can wait. No, go go for a Mostly Clueless. Do you want it Mostly? It, it's kind of topical. It's to do with um, finding settlements that are in a powered down state for your I would like to power up. Excellent. Go knock us out with your wisdom, sir. Okay. Well, I mean, luckily, there's there's heavy sarcasm in this, by the way. Luckily, <laughs> Odyssey's fantastic new user interface makes checking this really easy. So what you do is from the mission, you click the icon. So you're looking at a mission, you think, shall I take this power up mission? I wonder if the base is actually powered down. So yeah. from the mission, you click the icon to go to the map which takes you to the galaxy map, not the system map. So then you have to click the system in the galaxy map to take you to the system map. Then what you do is you click the icon about a three quarters of the way down the right-hand side to open the system map, and then you put the pin icon from the left-hand side, which takes you to the list of stations, landables, and settlements. Scroll down to the fourth entry, which is the yellow settlements icon, and then scroll down the alphabetical list of settlements to find the settlement named in the mission. Then you click that, which takes you to the planet and moon that the settlement is on. Zoom (laughs) into the planet and moon to open the body map. Roll the body map around and look at all the settlements until you find the one that was named in the mission that you first thought of. Um, And look to see if that settlement has a black, grey, abandoned icon on it. If it does, accept the mission. Quality user interface design. You you know, if you could actually go straight to the... um, uh, Oh, of course. This is this. You haven't accepted the mission at this point, have you? No. No. Oh, that's a very good point because, yeah. Normally, if you've accepted the mission, you can then just click on the little blue icon for all your outstanding missions, and it'll take well, you straight I, I to there. Learn, which is which is really surprising, actually. Is somebody said, "Oh, the middle bit of that you don't have to do," and it turns out if you, you if you're using mouse mm-hmm. and you click now hang on where is this yeah so you're in the list of settlements in the system map and you click on one if you click on it with the mouse it takes you right into the surface map you know the globe yeah with the settlement you clicked on highlighted Mm -hmm. if you click on it using hotas which is what i do it doesn't even zoom in and you then have to zoom into the planet and then roll the planet round and round looking for the settlement which is weird isn't it because it's just a binding but works really differently with a mouse. Yeah, yeah. And until this, this, those uh, powering up settlement missions are still, yeah, they, they they still need to be fixed. They're still outstanding, which is a bit of a shame 
Because that was one of the bits that I was really looking forward to. Yeah, it, it's good now. In fact, I've, I can't remember the name of it, and it'll change on the Thursday tick anyway, probably. But I found mm. a system where every settlement is powered down, so you can just take any mission you fancy. <laughs> anyway. anyway, well, that's that is a, a good <laughs> a good hint. Uh, right, we will do the shout outs then. So while the team on the Dex Island are taking a well-earned break before their series two return, there's plenty of material to fill the void. Point your auto assistant at your favorite podcast app, including Spotify and Audible and search the Dex legacy. You'll find bonus edition interviews and cast members uh, with uh, interviews with the writer, Emily Inkpen, and also any plenty of bonus materials and merch at thedexlegacy.com. All proceeds go towards the making of Season 2. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in for all things trucker at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, it's radio.forthemug.com. Uh, for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, also check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Uh, giving shout outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts so you can catch up with old episodes of Flight Assist. There is also the Guard Frequency who do other space games as well. And uh, the aforementioned Loose Screws, where um, they also include. A little segment which makes you feel incredibly old about how many years it's been since certain movies were released and the fact that last week Groundhog Day celebrated its 30-year anniversary. No, it didn't. It did. Oh, my God. See, that's exactly what it does to me every week. What I like... What I like, somebody had done the science on Groundhog Day to work out how long it would take him to become that good at the piano. Yeah. And it turns out it takes something like 33 years he was in Groundhog Day for. So he will actually be coming out of Groundhog Day in about (laughs) two years' time. You know they're doing, I think James Cameron's, well, James Cameron, um, I think Titanic, 35 years, is out in cinemas again now. Yeah, it's 40 years next month for Return of the Jedi. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I know. I remember going to see that in the cinema as well. I know. Like, when it was first out. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. They did. I've, I've got to repeat this. I don't know whether anyone else heard it, but they said, you know what, they should say they're doing a sequel to Groundhog Day and just release the same movie again. <laughs> <laughs> so should. Oh, that'll be funny. Yeah, right. Well, following on from that, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and uh, uh, Commander Beetlejude. Sorry, Beetlejude, I almost I almost mispronounced you there. <laughs> uh, but uh, I recovered. Um, and we'd also like to thank everybody who's t- chipped in on the Twitch chat and uh, the in-game commanders. Who have you had annoying you, Ben? Yeah. It's been the usual suspect, but we've also had, I think it was Biggies, I think his name was. I've lost him now. Um, let me find him. Sorry, Bobbis. It was Commander Bobbis's Bobbis's first time visiting us on Lave, and it was it was lovely to bump into him and say hi at the bar and things. Hello, Commander Bob. Is <laughs> oh, and Commander Tea Time also showed up. Oh, is it Tea Time or no, Tea Time? Tea, as in, I have a cup of tea, please. Bob. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, we'll also say special thanks to Commander Tokusil, 
Jay Antrax and Alan Stroud, who have all created music which is used in this show. However, that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio. Um, you can also leave comments on the uh, the YouTube channel, which we do pick up for occasionally. Um, you can toot us at laveradio at spacey.space on Mastodon. Um, or you could even join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. Uh, there's also a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to, to hang out and chat. You can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch where, if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. And Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com live. If you have liked this, please drop us a review or rate us on your podcasting app because apparently it does help with spreading the show although why we want to spread more of this stuff about we've got no idea um so thanks to <coughs> ben who no who thank want to be you thanked. colin he didn't want to be thanked yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> I, I will thank you uh we have we'll say goodbye and thank you to psychic Hey, have a good, have a good Valentine's rest of your Valentine's Day. But also, if it's not Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day has gone past, just you know, have a good time, enjoy yourself, chill out. Cheers. You know, why have I got the image of you doing finger guns while all that's happening? I, I did put my thumb up. If that helps. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Cheesy's nineties meme. There you go. <laughs> and of course, thanks to. Alec Turner. Thanks, Colin. Bye, all. <laughs> and special thanks, of course, goes to today's uh, tech specialist, the Chris Mark for, And I also have to thank Commander Ventura for doing last week, because I forgot last week. And 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 I'm really sorry. I, I want to humbly apologise. I thank you. And Ventura thanks you as well. Oh, deserved a daddy the alpaca, did I? All right. Well, until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's almost like having an orange inserted. Need a safe one. Space can be done. I'm going to see the galaxy.
Damn it. No worries, guys. Hold the fork for two seconds. I'll be right back. With the news this week that Zeno Research and Defence Agency Aegis is being re-established as a research organisation with full funding from the three superpowers, and as we wait to find out what its future plans will be, it's a good time to look back on what Aegis has already achieved. Its defence wing was totally shut down. Its research division has been almost driven out of the Pleiades by the Hive and by the Anti-Zeno Initiative, and its only controlled system is far off in the Orion Nebula. Its presence in the bubble is limited to a few small settlements in Sol, and yet Aegis has been one of the most influential forces in determining the course of human-Thargoid interactions over the past five and a half years. Thargoids had been an almost forgotten threat for years. The first publicly known encounters with the octagonal alien spaceships were 184 years ago, in 3125. It was only recently that we discovered that the first encounter with Thargoids was 14 years earlier than that, in 3111, when azimuth biochemicals came upon Thargoid barnacles, scouts and interceptors near the Colsac Nebula and the sudden disappearance of the Thargoids in 3250 was also linked to azimuth biochemicals. Working with the secretive intergalactic naval reserve arm, they together used a mycoid virus to almost wipe out the Thargoids. But then, much more recently, evidence of the Thargoids started to appear once more. First, in May 3301, the Federal Navy discovered alien objects known at the time as unknown artefacts. Canon research, in the spirit of scientific inquiry, liberated one of these highly corrosive artefacts from the Federation and conducted experiments that showed that the artefacts were scanning ships and transmitting coordinates. Eight months later, barnacle sites were discovered and the mysterious and valuable meta-alloy fruit that could repair damaged technology. By early 3303, it became apparent that the Thargoids had returned. They were not initially hostile, but their huge interceptors were a potential major threat to human commerce in the Pleiades. And there were surface sites too, unbelievably huge, full of eggs, and some still partly functional, looking suspiciously like very, very large crashed Thargoid spaceships. There was enough going on, particularly in the Pleiades, for the superpowers to decide there was a need for a joint research programme. After the discovery of meta-alloys, the Empire and the Federation had been jostling for influence in the Pleiades, and the risk of the Cold War turning violent was probably also a factor. On the 5th of August 3303, Professor Albertesro of the Akinar Research Council announced the formation of Aegis, 
Drawing on resources from all three superpowers, Aegis would research the artefacts and the barnacles for the benefit of all mankind. Aegis was based in Sorbago, but it quickly established a forward research base, Donars Oak, in the system now known as Delphi. As the weeks passed, reports came in of the Thargoids attacking more military convoys, possibly because those convoys were transporting harvested meta-alloys. They started using Thargon swarms, clouds of small explosive drones to target their enemies. In response to its sponsor's wishes, Aegis evolved into a research organisation with a large military division, headed up by its military liaison, Admiral Aidan Tanner. Aegis acknowledged that many people would be saddened at the change of remit, but committed to continue doing science, only with guns. In September 3303, Aegis started a programme of weapons and countermeasure development that would benefit humanity immeasurably. They sponsored Liz Ryder to develop AX missile racks. They sponsored Ishmael Palin to develop a Xeno scanner. They sponsored Todd McQuinn to develop AX multi-cannons. They sponsored the Dweller to develop the remote release flak launcher. They sponsored Elvira Martuk to develop the shutdown field neutraliser. They developed decontamination limpets. They also sponsored a rather less successful product, the Falcon DeLacy AX-1 Taipan, a ship-launched fighter equipped with two AX multi-cannon. These Aegis weapons, only recently improved upon, have been the core technologies used to fight the Thargoids for five years, and Aegis didn't stop there. Aegis rapidly expanded into other systems in the Pleiades, eventually establishing more than 20 starports. It also changed its initial approach to fighting the Thargoids, admitting that the new AX technology it had developed worked on smaller ships, but not on the capital ships that had been the mainstay of the fight back against the Thargoids. Accordingly, these megaships became support ships, providing refuel, repair, rearm services to the small ships that would take on the Thargoids. Around this time, the rediscovery of the old Inra bases, where the mycoid virus had been developed, resulted in bad press for Aegis. Commentators drew parallels between the genocidal approach of Inra and Aegis. We now know that it was Aegis's late arrival, salvation of azimuth biochemicals, that had worked with Inra, and that Aegis was entirely blameless of these sins of the past. Aegis ran a series of military campaigns against the Thargoids in the Pleiades, but Professor Tesro has never given up hope that some sort of accommodation with the aliens could be reached. She continued to sponsor research into Thargoid sensors and probes, and Aegis continued to study the Thargoid surface sites with their extraordinary map rooms. This work continued even as the Thargoids committed their first attacks on starports in the Pleiades, which may, ironically, have been as a result of the collection there of Thargoid artefacts for study. Dozens of starports had been attacked by the start of 3304, and it became clear that the Thargoids were starting to encroach into the human bubble. Aegis deployed megaships, Acropolis and Vanguard, to attempt to head off the Thargoid invasion. When in early 3304, the first Guardian sites were discovered, an engineer Ramtar started researching hybrid technologies 
Aegis was keen to work with him to make this powerful new technology generally available. The Guardian sites also provided evidence that the Thargoids had existed for millions of years and may be nomadic, returning periodically to harvest their meta-alloys. We had our first piece of real evidence about what motivates the Thargoids. Some months later, when Ramtar had developed a range of Guardian hybrid AX weapons, he turned to Aegis for protection from Sirius Corporation, which was attempting acts of sabotage to get its hands on the new technology. Aegis pledged to ensure that Ramtar's work would remain independent, and that his network of Guardian tech brokers would make the technology, including Gauss Cannon, Shard Cannon, and the Trident, Javelin, and Lance XG fighters available to all. It also negotiated a reduction in the materials required to unlock these modules. Ramtar expressed his delight to be working with Aegis. Aegis established the Eagle Eye Network in the Pleiades to monitor Thargoid communications and to predict future attacks. The network was also able to detect more Thargoid surface sites. It worked sporadically for a little more than a year and was a valuable tool in heading off potential Thargoid incursions. It also predicted the Thargoid attack on the cannon research vessel, the Gnosis. When Princess Ashling Deval attacked Aegis for not working hard enough to repel the Thargoid advance, the Federal Times summed up Aegis's achievements Apart from undertaking scientific research, developing defensive systems, producing anti-Thargoid weaponry, creating the Eagle Eye surveillance network, building two military megaships and actively engaging Thargoid forces in combat, what has Aegis ever done for us? All this time, and quite separately from Thargoid attacks on stations, Thargoid sensors had been damaging starports. Careless commanders selling the commodities to stations were, wittingly or unwittingly, causing great damage to the starports. When the Dove Enigma megaship in Colonia was sabotaged using Thargoid sensors, Aegis developed technology to end this behaviour by distributing tiny quantities of meta-alloys to every starport Aegis managed to end this plague forever Aegis worked to find alternative sources of meta-alloys after the Pleiades sites were overexploited. The Enclave Initiative, which was sponsored by Aegis resulted in the colonisation of the Witchhead Nebula but also resulted in another conflict with the Thargoids who appeared to be attempting to defend their territory Aegis's expansions into the Pleiades and then into the Witchhead Nebulae may have, in retrospect, been inadvisable. Discontent with Aegis grew as the Thargoids continued their advance to the point that Aegis' core was thrown out of their home system of Socho and relocated to Sol under the Federation's protection. President Hudson made it clear that any attack on Aegis was an act of treason against humanity. Despite Aegis's growing unpopularity, the Thargoids were beaten back and starports were gradually restored to normal operation. Attacks continued sporadically in the Pleiades and in the Witchhead Nebulae. Over the next year, Aegis did little to distinguish itself. It gradually lost control of its stations in the Pleiades to anti-Zeno groups, such as the Hive and the Anti-Zeno Initiative. There were no initiatives to fight the Thargoids. On their side, the Thargoids also seemed content to remain where they were. In November 3306, with the Thargoid threat seeming much more distant, and with the neo marlinist terrorists sapping Imperial resources... 
Admiral Denton Petraeus, previously a supporter of Aegis, announced that the Empire would no longer fund the anti-Zeno organisation. Following the abortive Galactic Summit two months later, and after major terrorist outrages against Alliance and Federal starports, funding dried up completely. Aegis was ripe for the acts of sabotage and propaganda committed against it by Salvation, the new kid on the anti-Zeno block, who turned out to be the oldest kid on the block, and an all-round evil villain. After Salvation sabotaged the Aegis megaship, the Alexandria, stole its cargo and left the crew to die, Aegis was finished. Albertesro resigned from Aegis in August 3307, following the damning Bauman report, which used Salvation's lies about Aegis to condemn its leaders. Admiral Aidan Tanner was court-martialed for his failed attempts to demonstrate that Salvation was behaving unethically, although he has since been pardoned. A small group of its scientists continued to carry out research in the PMD 2009-48 system in the Orion Nebula. This forgotten megaship had attempted to compete with Salvation to collect Guardian technology and continue its research, shunned by commanders, in favour of Salvation and his Proteus wave. The Archimedes and its crew have colonised the system and are one of the last remnants of Aegis. Until now, with this week's announcement that the Empire, the Federation and the Alliance are once again willing to fund a streamlined, more efficient, science and technology focused Aegis, work has already started to build the tools we'll need to enter the Thargoid maelstroms to find whatever is at their core, perhaps something like those huge Thargoid surface sites that have intrigued us for so long and to persuade the Thargoids to leave the human-inhabited bubble. It's too early to say whether Aegis will repeat its mistakes in setting up colonies in Thargoid territory.